Welcome, everybody, to the Eyes on Big Podcast, your go-to Big Ten football podcast, brought to you by the Amador Whiskey Company. I am your co-host, Jeffrey the Greek, joined, as always, by... This is Big Kurt here. Big Kurt, you on Twitter. I am on Twitter. I'm Big Kurt on Twitter at B1GKURT. And I am Jeffrey the Greek at Jeffrey the Greek. Thank you so much for listening and downloading the podcast. We're going to title this one, The Big Week. B1G, of course. Uh, Big week for two kind of reasons. Number one, it was the Big Ten Media Days. And then with off-the-field situations, it it wound up either folding perfectly into Big Ten Media Days or maybe in some cases not so great for some programs. But it's, it's given us a podcast of topics to talk about. It's been a unique knucklehead season in the sense that Usually, it's mostly players doing something stupid, getting in trouble. It hasn't been as much players as coaches and administrators doing crazy things, right? (laughs) It's like that feeling you get when you were like 12 and your mom and dad got pulled over for speeding. That's basically what this feeling's been like for probably a lot of Big Ten players. Yeah. All right, but let's start out with some fun stuff. Uh, We're going to give a shout out to our guy, DS, Dustin Schutte. Uh, we, we had loose plans to try to get DS on this podcast schedule just did not allow, but we're, we're going to brag him up anyways, even though he's not here. Um, I'm biased, Kurt's biased, but I think he was the star of the big 10 media days. Um, if anybody doesn't know the format, uh, coaches get up one at a time, you know, seven on the first day, seven on the second day, they give their little spiel and then it's open to questions out in the crowd. They pass the microphone around. And uh, most of the questions are feeder questions. Um, but yet, DS decided to put a flare on a couple of his questions. Star of the week, and he was hilarious. Yeah, he was a star. And I have to tell a story about said star before we get started here. Okay. Now, Dustin has moved to the Indianapolis area. I live in northern Indiana, but I have to go down to Indy for work quite a bit. Somewhat, not exactly a last meeting or last minute meeting scheduled, but maybe a couple days ahead of time. I had to be in Indianapolis. Okay. But I'd never been this, been this customer. Didn't know the address. Wasn't even putting two and two together. That it was big 10 media days and that they're at Lucas oil stadium. Just wasn't, wasn't thinking, wasn't putting my work world and my personal world together. Well, you're a, you're a harsh, down. you're a harsh com- compartmentalizer. I am a harsh compartmentalizer. I don't let any of my food touch the other food when it's sitting on the plate, which is not true anyway. But so anyway, I'm driving down and the rep I was meeting down there, he still hadn't sent me the address. Then he sends me the address. So I, you know, map. That's so so annoying, by the way. I hate when customers and people do that to me, but go ahead. It wasn't a big deal. I knew I would get it. So then I arrive at my customer. Oh, this is right downtown. I look to my left and there's Lucas Oil. I mean, it's across the street almost. Still not putting two and two together. (laughs) Then I get to the customer. We have a meeting between meetings. I pull up Twitter and there's Dustin at Lucas Oil Stadium. So I text him and I'm like, hey, if I get a spare hour later on today, can you meet for a beer? And it just never worked out. But I was a quarter mile from him the whole day as he was the star of the show. That is hilarious. Uh, too bad uh, that you guys weren't able to meet up uh, to have a cocktail or seven. Uh, but eventually, the two of us, three of us or something, we're going to figure that out. Um, now, I want to say Dustin did ask some normal good football questions, you know, here and there. 
Uh, but the funny stuff, he asked first one out of the gate, your boy Beetle was up there and uh, DS capitalized on the Barbenheimer. OK, so the 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 Barbie Oppenheimer memes and jokes that have been going around. And he asked Beetle if he was going to take his two young daughters to to go see Barbie. Um, I thought Beetle handled it hilarious. Um, and I just want to say each one of these coaches, when they got one of these questions from DS, their face lit up and smiled and I, I think they appreciated that somebody was asking a quippy, you know, type of question to them. Yeah, it's nice to see someone lighten the mood a little bit. Let's be honest, these don't give away much when it comes to the actual football. No. So I love seeing this. And speaking of the star of the show, I think Beetle was another star of the show. It seemed like across the board, the media really appreciated him. And by the, here's why it was a great question to Beetle. He, he loves talking about his daughters sure. and his family. Yep. So yes, his face did light up and he was happy to talk about it. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I thought Beetle did very well. I thought Matt rule did very well. James Franklin. Um, DS also asked about Ryan Walters and the peanut butter burger. Ryan Walters has not had it yet. I uh, said it didn't sound appealing to him, which I agree there's a place uh, locally called the Blue Door Pub. Amazing cheeseburgers. I used to live like three, four blocks away from it. They have a peanut butter burger. But every time I went there, I'm like, but I'm really hungry for a cheeseburger. And I don't know if I'm going to like that. So I always, I've never once ordered the peanut butter burger. I've never had peanut butter in a burger. I've been continually told by people to try it. It's one of those things that I'm just, I think I'm going to go to my grave just being fine that I never had it. <laughs> I think I might be in the same boat with you. Uh, yes, about James Franklin and the St. Saint Elmo's shrimp cocktail. I don't know the story behind that, but I'm I'm assuming it's it's a spicy shrimp cocktail. That's pretty yeah, much just, what I was, I, yeah. I'm guessing just high horseradish content. I've been to St. Elmo's, but I've never had the cocktail sauce. The shrimp cocktail. I, I never would because it's ketchup. <laughs> okay and then and then the, the the one we have to probably end on was uh he asked rule about the chili and cinnamon rolls which if anybody follows ds on twitter is hilarious because ds has railed on mixing the cinnamon and uh, cinnamon roll and chili um and the fact that matt and, rule and we said have to point out that good but got to point out that's a local nebraska thing it's, it's a it's, it's a Nebraska having thing. cinnamon rolls with your chili and with your chili, but it's yep. also been pointed out it's not at the same time. It's just a side dish that you have with chili. Well, I, I mean, I would say you can mix it up any way you want it. Truth be told, TBT, um, we had a chili and cinnamon roll day in my school lunch growing up. So mm-hmm. it's it's regional, mm-hmm. maybe a little bit wider than maybe some people. I, I'm on the on the side of most Nebraska fans, not all Nebraska fans. It 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 pairs better than you think. Um, I'm, I'm not saying this is my go-to, but hey, it's it's a little salty, it's a little sweet, it's it's you know, so I, I think it's a good thing. Uh, Rule See, called it Rule called it life changing, and I don't know if DS is doing season predictions, but I wonder if he's going to knock Nebraska down <laughs> one notch simply because Rule said it was quote unquote life changing. Well, and I think Rule, I think a smart answer by Rule to say it's life-changing. He knows the audience. If there's anything that Rule has been good at since he's been in Lincoln is is 
knowing his audience and steering into it. So anyway, shout out to DS. Um, overall, I thought it was an actually pretty engaging Big Ten media week more than than most. Uh, I, I wasn't necessarily fawning all over the, the coverage, but it, it, it kept me engaged with more stuff than I thought. Um, one of the reasons that it was keeping people engaged engaged was the the big news that if i if my if the the chronological way this went down breaks down i believe it hit the first day of the big 10 media days was us finding out that jim harbaugh was going to get a probable and it seems like it's now confirmed a four game suspension um harbaugh or the winning big 10 football coach always goes last on the second day so that broke on Wednesday. Harbs didn't speak until the end of the the session on on Thursday. So things had a time to 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 marinate a bit before he got up there. But anyways, long story short, um, it he was uh, suspended for the first four games because of cheeseburgers <laughs> and buying for recruits. Um, the, the back st- story of this, and we'll give a shout out, uh, uh to our guy, Jordan Eggleston, who, who kind of gave us a little bit more, I think, detailed background, but former recruiting coordinator, Matt Dudek, uh, was asked to leave the staff, uh, during right around the 2020 part of the season. And on his way out the door, he called the NCAA to tell them about Harbs buying two or three cheeseburgers for, uh, for some recruits that were in town. Now, I don't know if this is exactly oper- uh, accurate, but I believe how it goes is if it was a quote-unquote normal recruiting period, it wouldn't have been a big deal, but it was a hands-off during the goofy 2020-ness. So because of that and because of Dudek, the NCA found out, did an investigation on Michigan and Harbaugh, Harbaugh could have cooperated and he he instead reached into both pockets, pulled out two middle fingers and put them right in the NCAA space. And that's why we have a four game suspension. Yeah. And it's interesting that it's four games. That seems excessive. Number one for me, it's a bit excessive, but I think maybe, maybe there was a sit down between him and the NCAA and they're like, hey, give us four games to make it look like we're doing something here. And you look at the four games, and yeah. I mean, Michigan's going to be double-digit favorites, and then some in all of these games. E- ECU, UNLV, Bowling Green. Uh, so the very first game, there's already a line for it. They're 34-point favorites over uh, ECU. I don't know if it's going to be any different for UNLV and Bowling Green. Those are... Those are not just group of five teams. Those are pretty bad group of five teams. Yeah. And then Rutgers. I mean, step up in competition, but, you know, they're going to be at least a, I would say, around a three touchdown favorite o- o- over Rutgers, two to three. So, like, you know, the funny thing is, like, my my quote on this was, people said this is a big deal for Michigan. I don't think it's a big deal for Michigan at all. I think it's no. somewhat of a big deal for Jim Harbaugh. And you know who doesn't give two bleeps? Jim Harbaugh. So, like, in, in and you the know, end, one reason he probably doesn't give two bleeps is: is there anybody out there that doesn't look more negatively upon the NCAA in this situation than they do Harbaugh? Exactly. No, he's like, let them hang themselves. Fine, they don't I'll take yep. four weeks off. He don't care. And and he's and to be clear to people that maybe aren't as as knowledgeable on this, he will get to coach his team all during the week, right up until that day. But he just can't be with his team on the sideline. Um, so he won't get credit for the wins. It'll be, I mean, I'm assuming Mike Hart 
will be the guy that steps in. Um, but we'll see. You know, Mike Hart kind of had that that health scare or something. I don't know. Uh, so I don't believe I don't believe Harbs gets credit for those. I'm pretty sure he doesn't. I I I would assume the interim coach would. Um, I could see Harbs doling it out where maybe a different guy is quote unquote the interim coach. I mean, dude, Harbs is probably wind up having some fun with us. Well, I think so. And if it's Hart, it's him like kind of giving a gift to one of his guys, a Michigan guy. Here, you get some experience. So when you're looking for a, a head coaching job, boom, you've you've already done it. You you beat me to it. Okay, I literally had that in my notes here. When Harbs was given the option of like, Jim, just apologize. We're going to give you, you know, a slap on the wrist. But in my, in his mind, he doesn't believe he doesn't he did anything wrong. So he's not going to admit. And then in his mind, he's like, you know, if they give me a two, three, four game suspension, that's just great experience for Mike Hart. So I think he just probably put that on the, you know, the ledger on the plus side. You know what I think of Band of Brothers when Sobel gives Dick Winters that beat. Yes, accusation wants him to take his punishment, not have yes. P, uh, 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 R&R over the weekend, and he refuses to take the punishment. He challenges it. That's yes. Harbaugh right now. Wow. Harbaugh is th- Dick Winters. I didn't think we would get a Band of Brothers uh, reference. That was that was great. That was a great dig right there. And I, I remember that scene. That's fantastic. Um, the last thing I want to say, this is my own personal uh, um, enjoyment like a sub level enjoyment of this story. It has a lot of, I believe parallels to 10, 11, 12 years ago, whenever it was when Ohio state and Jim Trestle got slapped for tattoo gate, which by the way, equally as stupid players traded in their bull gear for, for tattoos. How bad does that look in retrospect? So bad. And I thought it was stupid then um, by the way, I was out on a limb with that. Everybody was crucifying Trestle and Ohio State for this. Now everybody is like, oh, geez, that was nothing. That was the case all along. It was always stupid. But it puts Michigan and Ohio State fans in a blender a little bit because Ohio State fans who thought it was stupid all along, they were correct. But now they have to basically admit that this is stupid whereas with michigan fans that jumped all over ohio state fans back in the day they gotta watch their p's and q's because you know it's it's kind of a a sliding scale there that that both of them are involved in i don't know i just found that hilarious yeah it's a fun little uh little introspection into hypocrisy and, and speaking of it, if Kurt and I haven't already made our feelings clear, we are on Team Harbaugh in this, along with what I would say would be roughly 95% of the public that that believes they, they support Harbaugh in this situation. Hashtag Team Khaki. It's, and by the way, it's 99% if you take Michigan State fans out. Michigan State That's fans are the yep. only fans that are across the board want, want him, you know, drawn in quarters. That's true. Even, even a chunk of Ohio State fans just thought it was stupid. But anyway, shout out to Harbs for, for giving us a little bit of spice. Speaking of spice, something that maybe we didn't necessarily see coming, uh, Northwestern players uh, with the, the hazing situation. Um, side note, Kurt, and I think you're in the same boat with me. I have flat out refused to dig deeper into the actual story itself and the hazing uh, because I'm now into the football part of the football season because we're not that far away. 
reading into that story does not sound appealing to me. I don't know. That's that's how are you in the same boat? No, I mean, I have I certainly have not dug into it since then. I'm just waiting for all the pieces to fall and, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'll make a decision when I'm sure we're not going to get all the information. But when all the information that's going to be available becomes available to us, I'll decide whether Fitz deserved to get fired or not. There and you I, go. I'm not before then. Not before then. There you go. And I and I totally agree up in, until that point, though, I don't I view it like. If, if I know my wife's in a bad mood, I'm I'm not going to go start a conversation with her. I'm just going to, you know, let it. So for right now, it's just that's kind of how I feel about it. Now, the two kind of somewhat interesting things is that David Braun, the coordinator over from North Dakota, North Dakota State, whatever it is. So he comes in just in January, by the way, moves his family from, you know, the plains into Chicago, takes a coordinating role. His head coach gets canned. He gets promoted to head coach. And I believe he's he's got to go through the scandal. And I believe he's got his third kid that could pop out at any second. It's it's been a crazy week uh, or a couple uh, month for 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 David Braun. With that being said, him being thrust into that situation, he didn't take questions. He didn't do any sit down interviews. He did a you know he basically went up there and did a speech. It was fine. I don't know if it was great, but he let his feelings known he he got out of there and I, I don't know what more you could expect from from David Braun well that's an awfully big stage to just step right onto from Fargo to Big 10 media days it, unexpected he he never thought he was going to be the guy facing the country talking about a scandal so he did just fine i was torn on whether you know him taking not taking questions about the players not showing up. I think I'm on the side of, I don't blame them for not taking questions on this because first of all, you can answer the question once you're going to get the question 10, 15, 20 more times. Second of all, there are legal aspects to this. So there's no point in talking. You can only incriminate yourself potentially. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I tell you what, I, I, if we would have recorded a podcast on that topic right after I heard the Northwestern players weren't going to be there, I think I would have been a little bit harsher on the Northwestern players for my gut reaction. So I guess I'm kind of glad we waited a couple days because now that you've had time to think about it, um, like to, to go back, my original thought process was, Hey, uh, Northwestern players, this is life. Um, you're intelligent dudes, right? We know you're intelligent dudes if you're playing football at Northwestern. Why don't you stand up and and talk about this? Because this is how life goes. There's still a part of me that believes that. I think there's there's that's a lost chance for the players to, to speak. With that being said, probably that's why they weren't allowed to speak in that I'm not so sure the the desire to speak wasn't removed from them from yeah. lawyers, athletic director, president that said, you're going to get yourself into more trouble than help. I'm sorry, but we, you, you're not going to be allowed to, to speak. Well, and I'll go I, step do, further. I do understand that. I'll go a step further. You're going to get us in trouble. Mm-hmm. Yep. They and probably voluntold not to be there. Voluntold. And by the way, I'm not going to call him out by by name, but the president of Northwestern has looked like a total bow tied boner during like multiple times during this this situation. 
And the AD has been, he's doing a little little K-dub, little, little Kevin Warren, where he's said nothing or or anything at all. And he's basically hid from this situation. So, I don't know. I, you know, it did work for K-dub, so maybe there's some genius in that. But ha- haven't, we, we haven't got it, much leadership from the top. No, we could call it a dubstep. <laughs> it's just, just coming, coming with the good ones this week. <laughs> All right, as good a time as any. Uh, the Isaac Big Podcast is sponsored by the Amador Whiskey Company. Our unique process takes the highest quality Kentucky bur- bourbon and finishes in California wine barrels. This double barrel aging technique creates characteristics from the individual barrels that are blended together to make an exceptional whiskey. Perfect sip, neat, or in your favorite bourbon cocktail, Amador is the perfect go-to this fall on game day. Amador Whiskey Company, born in Kentucky, Raised in California, speaking of Amador, um, I'm mostly speaking to our Minnesota fans as we now branch into a Minnesota topic next. Um, we are attempting, when I say we, I mean Kurt and I, our, our sponsor, Amador, and our, and, and, and our rep uh, of trying to have a sponsor tailgate for the Minnesota-Nebraska game, where we did it two years ago, which was a blast. We'd like to recreate that, maybe even go a touch bigger our only blip right now is that we are having troubles locating a tailgate spot uh, that will open themselves up to essentially my truck, the banner, and us hosting. Uh, so this is an appeal to the uh, 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 Minnesota fans. <laughs> if anybody wants to uh, hook us up with a tailgate spot, I promise you uh, we will do our best to make you feel like it was worthwhile in the form of free food and drink. Uh, so contact uh, me on uh, DMs and Twitter. And uh, would love to to see if we can hook up and get this thing finalized. Not just free food and drink, but a guest spot on the show. Sure. Absolutely. And also, our, I would assume we're kind of looking for a couple spots next to one another. Two would be ideal. Two, yeah. we could probably make one work, but two next to each other would, would be fantastic. So a little bit of a service announcement there. All right, moving on to the Minnesota news. Uh, there was an article on PJ Fleck from FOS front office sports kurt hold on is it is it it july already oh it is july it's it's time for the the yearly pj hit piece it's like sorry what decorations i i just took down my fourth of july decorations the year was has gotten away from me it is july but by the way i mean we're obviously already making a joke out of it um i looked it up front office sports their home office is in new york city new york city (laughs) i i have i have what how slow of a, of a news day is it that you know they pick, they go find a, a recycled pj flex story to i don't know it was, it, it was okay hard. i i did not read the article word for word i Ooh. clicked on it i started reading i went from reading to perusing to just con- scrolling essentially literally I could not find any literally exactly i couldn't find anything of substance okay and everyone's anonymous of course that's that's just that's journalism these days. So there's a little bit to me here, a little bit of stupid or liar. Is this guy, AJ Perez, just that naive where he thinks any of this is a violation? I didn't even see any violations or Neither potential ones, really. Neither did I. Or is he just trying to, to defame PJ Fleck? Yeah. It's one of those two. And, and the, you know, the reading to perusing to just stop reading, the reason you did that and I did that as well is because we've already read this article, you know, it was, it was already out a year ago and the local, 
news channel did it two years before that. Well, that was you know? okay. Yeah, WCCO. We and we blasted Liz Collins for that story. Yep. Ooh, good name pull right there. So yeah, I mean, there, there just was nothing new here. The only detail that came out was the Fleck Bank, which, by the way, Bank of PJ way better, or the Peach State and Trust. Like there was other ways. Bank of Fleck just I don't know doesn't doesn't ring doesn't work for me. What about Huntington PJ Bank? Yeah, yeah, we should have worked PJ Huntington. It- yeah. TCF, TCF PJ TCF PJ Bank. There you go. There were so many better, so many better options out there. Um, and I just want to say, like, you know, Scott Doctorman of the Athletic asked PJ the question. I think it was the second question PJ got when he was up on stage. Um, there were some Minnesota fans that got pissy with Scott Doctorman. I think if you asked PJ. He appreciated that the question got asked and got asked in the professional manner that Scott Doctorman asked it because Doctorman is one of the few pros, you know, that that covers the sport of college football in the Big Ten. And I have to say, like, you know, I, I'm going to get I, I think I've already been accused of being a PJ apologizer. But the fact of the matter is PJ was prepared and he he blew that answer out of the park for for when he answered the question. Do you agree? Yeah, he, he knocked it out of the park. I'm firmly in Team PJ. I just want to move on and wait for next year's story. Pretty much to see, to see what the spin is next year. Yeah. And then as far as the stuff that was in there, it was the Bank of PJ. It was talking about he, that he that he, he requires a, a standing ovation for the team or, or a loud <laughs> clapping, whatever. He, yeah. By the way, yeah. by the way. I believe that's true. I, I'm just. I I'm believe. Just, I, okay. Yeah. Okay. I believe that's true, and I also believe. Did you see the the little sub note that they had to practice it as a team <laughs> several times t- until they got it right? <laughs> that part I believe. <laughs> see, like this is what I wind up getting to. Like I know, as an Iowa fan, I'm supposed to like hate him. I, it's just like. It's an entertaining situation for me. I do, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Other Iowa fans, Nebraska fans, Wisconsin fans that hate PJ and are upset that I don't hate PJ like you do. I just find this whole thing with with him and all of the stories that come out more entertaining. I, I don't know if that makes me a, a crazy person or not. Okay. Again, I you can take most of the most of the current coaches in the Big Ten if you remove them. Um, it will be less entertaining as a conference. Agree. Agree. We, we don't want we don't want to lose PJ. No. Right. And, and what I was gonna say is my analogy. You know, I'm you know, I'm big on analogies. Um, essentially, is is what a coach or PJ is doing, is it odd or is it illegal? This is not illegal. There's nothing illegal here. It's it's yeah. just odd. It's firmly odd. I'm, I'm gonna do a I'm going to do a deep uh, uh, movie reference. I don't know if you'll get this or not. I'll be impressed if you do. But it would be like, you know, courting your spouse, okay? And you, you, you pop the question. But before the wedding, your spouse looks at you and says, here's the deal. Once a month, I like to strip down to my underwear, slather myself in petroleum jelly, and walk around the house in cowboy boots. And you, and you have to sit there and you'd be like, okay. And I know I've heard that. Yeah. It's from, I can't. It's, it's, it's from the movie. It's, it's from the movie Striptease. Okay. He walks in on Burt Reynolds, the, uh, the, the politician, and he had yeah. slathered himself in, in Vaseline 
and okay. uh, was walking. So, so that's my deep cut, deep cut. My jovial way of saying this is like, let's say that spouse is a good, you, you think they're going to be a good, you know, husband or wife or, or father or mother they provide, but you, you have to accept if you're going to be okay with them slathering themselves in Vaseline once a month, that's essentially what you're agreeing to if you're a player or a player's parents when you enter the Minnesota football program. Like, listen, overall, the experience, you're going to win games, you're going to you're going to become a better person and and uh, a football player, probably. But you're going to have to just deal with some weird shit. <laughs> That's basically what the PJ experience is. But I have yet to see anything that proves that he is an awful human. That's that's my no, final take same. on him. Okay. Same. Right. And, and and by the way, the family members of the players seem to really love and support PJ. And a lot of the current and ex-players have also come yeah. out in support with PJ. In fact, if I was really a conspiracy theorist, I would say this is a deep cut for PJ to get this out because it's wound up making PJ and the Minnesota football program, I, I think, look a touch better. Probably. Because we already knew PJ was weird. That stuff, we've known that since before he even stepped foot on campus. So yeah, that's not a story. No, no, that's just a that's just a thing. All right. Uh very recent news. Uh, we've found out about this just in the past 24 hours. Nebraska Nebraska tight end coach Bob Wager. I think I'm saying that right. Uh done on the Nebraska football staff. Uh why DUI um got arrested. There was no debating on this one. He is gone. Um he blew up 0.15 and uh, had an open container in the vehicle. So he, doing some work. He's he's no no gray area here. No, he he attacked the day. Uh, my original thought was, um, did did he have two or three drinks? You know, get somebody hit him. Cop smells you know booze on his breath and and just a, an unfortunate situation. If you're if you're at point one five, you've put some work in that evening before you got in the vehicle, and it was one thirty in the morning when this happened. Um, I guess if if it if you're at a point one five, and you're still able to drive your vehicle, I guess my impression of this guy is I I've gone from thinking he's a good football coach to other things that I'm impressed by for, for what this guy can pull off. I'd wager that Bob Wager. Is a trained drinking professional. <laughs> From the pics I've seen of him and and the and the the, the boozy schnoz, the bulbous nose. Yeah. yeah, he's he's put a couple down. Uh, I would guess that back in Texas, where he came from, uh, if you if things like that happen, the cop puts you in his car and takes you home and says, "Coach, you know you got to watch it." You know, driving around like that, but that's not th- how things happen in the upper Midwest. We love to to jump on our own and, and get them into trouble. Um not to make light out of drinking and driving. Don't drink and drive, especially with cheese when you're that drunk. You can put yourself and obviously others into harm's way. So don't be doing that. Uh with that being said, he's replaced on staff by Josh Martin, which is about as soft a landing as you could expect in this situation. The guy's already coached tight ends at SMU. So he was already on staff as a backup. Um, so I don't. I mean, you know, yeah. it's not good for Matt Rule. Like that's 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 a no, but black eye. But this is just a blip with a good recovery for Matt Rule. Yeah, I mean, 
a couple games into the season. I don't even know if it's going to take that long. It's going to be an old story. And to be honest with you, maybe the timing's darn good because there's been so much crap going on in the Big Ten, and it's right after Big Ten media days and before. Now, the, now the only thing that's interesting is Nebraska is the first stop by Big Ten Network on their 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 um, um, camp tours. So, you know, but that'll give Rule uh, kind of like Fleck a rule give Rule a chance to you know answer the questions right away. But in the end, honestly, like it's a thing, and then it'll it'll not be a thing. All right, next thing up, uh, this was a little bit earlier in the week. This this definitely made waves. Our guy, Leon Hard, Jimmy Leonard, done with hip surgery, took had enough sitting around the house with the wife and kids. He is going to be helping Beetle out in an analyst role. Got to be something that my podcast partner, Big Kurt's pretty happy about. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, you know, for many years... Many of the last 30 years, I'll just say, not all of them. There, You look around and there's just nothing to be proud of. But that's, it's changing. That's flipped. I mean, you're talking I'm, specifically with Illinois football. Illinois football. There's a to be proud of. There's the last two years to be proud of. Now we're, we look like a big boy program doing big boy things, hiring a guy like this. And I realize he's just a rent to coach. This is a one year thing. Yeah. I'm sure he'll find, a better gig Absolutely. next year. But I mean, he's sitting right there for the taking the relationship, the connection with Bielema. So, and I've told you this hundred times, it's an easy thing. Just yes. reach out to the guy, see if he's interested. And, 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 and by the way, it's not like he's going to be working his ass off. He's going to be in no. champagne Monday to Thursday, and then he's going to go home to his family and he's going to have a nice family life too. So it's a perfect transition for him back into coaching after his hip surgery. Absolutely. Um, and I, I don't know how many people knew about the hip surgery. So I think that played into uh, uh, Leonard not taking a full-time job. I mean, you know, knock on wood, I haven't had hip pain like that. But if his hip was really bothering him that bad, I'm sure it's something that he absolutely had to get fixed. So now he's on the mend with that. Um, people, I guess, kind of forget when uh, Jim Leonard's last season in Wisconsin, when he was an All-American, who was his defensive coordinator? Brett Bulma. So there was already a connection there. Um, he's not Jimmy Leonard. I'm talking, he's not going to take the same role with Wisconsin. You don't go from being the defensive coordinator in the school to taking a role like that. I, I, cause, and what I'm getting at is Wisconsin fans, at least at first, maybe they've calmed down a little bit. I don't know, but the Wisconsin bros, the Wisco bros, as I like to call them, the new wave of younger Wisconsin yeah. fans that I've never experienced until the past, you know, six months or so, they seem to get really ticked off. But honestly, yeah. it's not, this is not a slap in Wisconsin's face. It was things out of Jim Leonard's control that led up to him, you know, not being the D coordinator anymore. And then, uh, or mostly out of his control, I should say. And then to get the option like this, there's only so many schools that he's even within driving distance. And, and okay. you know, so that's it. That's all it is. It's more than that. It's the same scheme he he ran at Wisconsin pretty much. I mean, mm. yeah, yes, a three yeah. four front. Okay, not not as I don't think Jimmy played as much man to man as as what Ryan Walters was was doing in Champaign the last couple of years. Okay. But three four schemes, same thing, yeah. same front. Okay, fair enough. All right. Um, but long story short, and, and, 
and he's not it's like he's running the show he's just he's advising analysts yep yeah. and 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 i could tell you who didn't want to hear it iowa fans wisconsin fans okay oh. Iowa fans because he's owned iowa's offense wisconsin fans because he he you know he might have some extra motivation for what he's going to prep that week Nebraska fans, Minnesota fans, why? Because the dude was a witch as a defensive coordinator. So it's just another, you know, thing for for Beetle to be proud of. And and you kind of beat me to the punch, but I had written down here for Beetle. It's just common sense stuff. Like, yeah. It it doesn't even seem that complicated, yet I I wasn't hearing any rumors about it. We didn't hear about this until it was announced. Yeah. That's another amazing thing Beetle pulled off. I mean, dude, he's he's doing a good job. He's doing what I mean, as good of a job as what I would think any Illinois fan could hope he would do. And then, and, it, go ahead. And I'm I'm proud to sit and watch another team's fan base be the one melting down over something we did, which is what the message boards were doing for Wisconsin. Just complete meltdown. Yep. And, and I and again, I want to say over meltdown. They were over overly of melting. Of course. Yeah. Okay. Another kind of common sense thing, uh, Illinois, you know, pretty good timing to release their new kits. That was earlier in the mm-hmm. week. So you, you, you're not you're not a big fan we, we will, as as much as maybe you thought that you, you were going to be. OK, here's my I'll start by giving my overall grade of the rebrand. I give them a seven out of ten on the rebrand. Part of that may have to do with we're coming from a low bar. What they were replacing were just awful uniforms bottom of the barrel to top, bottom three in the big 10. So I'm going to give you, there's a lot to like about this, these uniforms. There's some to not like. So I'm going to start with the good number one, glossy orange lids. I have been begging for this since they went away from the glossy. To that. Yeah. The matte orange puke, doesn't work. Just doesn't puke, work. Matte orange. Disgusting. So um, thank you very much. Being darker Navy blue. I've been asking for that since I don't even know what year, uh, basically the end of the Zook era is when they kind of started lightening the blue. Nike started lightening the blue. So those two things alone, if they had just done those two things, I would have given it a big thumbs, thumbs up. They did more than that. They improved the helmet stripe and something was wrong with the way they were doing it before. Looks much ba- better, matches the pants too. Put stripes on the pants. Thank you. Those plain nothing pants, just, yeah. There's a balance in the uniform between him. too busy, not busy enough. So you need something on the pants. Thank you for changing the orange numerals on the blue to white. The orange on blue does not work. Does not. The white what numbers look great. Um, again, a nice mix of flair, not too busy, not too plain. And then I'm usually against this, but the orange trim around the white numbers really looks good. I usually just want a white against blue. Thought that was good. The bad. They didn't release blue pants. Maybe they're in the repertoire. Maybe he's holding them back holding them back. I'm hoping that's the case. I think that might be the case. They went with orange number on the white jersey. Very much against that. Should have gone with the blue number. If if you're looking at the road kit with an orange white orange, it's just too much orange. You need okay. some blue to set there. that off. That's the okay. one thing that I'm with you. Okay, uh, I, uh, let me tell you that. That's the one thing I'm with you for the negatives. That's the only real negative I have is that one right there. Okay, the next one, I would have not done the shoulder stripes. They look good. They look fine. But if you compare this current Illinois kit to the Syracuse kit from about 10 years ago, look at their home uniforms, orange, blue, orange. 
they're identical uniforms. They're not identical, identical but they're no, they're. A, well, hold on, you got to go really, really deep granular. to find differences, and the one difference is the number font. Pretty much, that's about yeah. it. And, and I guess what I would say is I saw our guy King and Big Dogs. They were going nuts saying we're not Syracuse, yada, yada. The, the one thing I would contend is that color orange and then navy blue, it's so unique. So any combo iteration uniform that Illinois is going to do is going to be similar to Syracuse. I'm sorry, but it's just. It's going to be similar, but I'm talking identical. Not now identical, that- but. Very oh, oh, okay. too similar, too similar. I would You'd have you to have a really discerning eye to even find something different. But here's the thing: it, that was about ten years ago. Yeah, it's been a it's been a tick. So overall, so, so, overall not, though, this is an improved, fresh, I'm not, clean looking. I'm not unit. done yet. I'm not done yet. <laughs> they did. I, I, the block eye is fine. I have no problem with it. I'm totally fine keeping it. No use of the word Illini. I, I just don't understand. That's an easy one that we should be leaning into. It's the most unique name in sports. I prove you me know, wrong. You Fighting know, you know, you know, he's getting pressure on that to not have it on there. You know it. Why? Illini, you know, Illini, what cultural appropriation stuff. Illini aren't Indians. What are you talking about? Something along those lines is what I'm saying. I, I think I, I, I bet he's gotten marching orders. Yeah. But Illini is not a reference to natives. Okay. Okay, okay move, moving on. Uh, the So I talked about the font a little bit. It's I mean, it's our font. It's what N- Nike has decided we're going to have. So it's fine. But I just, I really wanted the traditional block font. By the way, it's one thing that Penn State does right. They have the best block font yeah. for, for numbers. I wish we had gone back to that, but I understand why we didn't. Um, and I'm hoping, this is something they may do, but I'd like to see some blue hosiery mixed in there too. <laughs> All right. Now so that's that. It. There you go. That that was the you were you were you were prepared for that part. Okay, and I'll say that one more thing. When you saw at media days all the mannequins with the uniforms on, yes, the Illini really popped. I'm not saying it's in the top five or so uniforms, but it's it's solidly in that middle tier of the big. Absolutely. 10. And when yeah. I and uh, I think it was Jeremy Warner who put a you know rank these uniforms. Um, the, the honestly. They all looked great. I liked every uniform except yeah. for two. I've made my feelings known about Northwestern and the purple. It just doesn't work for me. And Minnesota's was just, it was, it was embarrassing. I, I, I refuse to even rank Minnesota's uniforms because it was the black, you know, with a little bit of Ugh. maroon. Can't do it. Sorry, Peach. That's, that's a bigger affront to me for decisions PJ's made is, is rolling out those uniforms than anything else we discussed before. <laughs> All right, moving on. Last couple things is just uh, the Iowa gambling situation uh, that did play into Big Ten media days. Defensive lineman, senior, super senior Noah Shannon was going to be there, did not go because his name is attached to the gambling situation. Uh, Jay Higgins went in his place, did a great job, by the way. Iowa fans love Jay Higgins. Um, but it's still looming over the football program. Uh, Kirk Ferentz was asked about it. Essentially what he said was it's not a high number, but we think we would like to hear this sooner rather than later. As we move through August, we now know Noah Shannon is involved. What does that mean? He could get a weekend class that he has to do, uh, a, a, three game suspension, a six game suspension, an entire season suspension. 
we do not know. We also don't know if there's one, two, six, or seven guys. It sounds like it's a lower number. Iowa State, by the way, has guys that are attached to this too, and it's been rumored that they have a higher number of football players that are going to be sitting out with one of them. Most people believe it's confirmed was their starting quarterback last year, by the way. So still waiting to hear from it, but I didn't want to run away from it on the pod. We just don't know what to report yet until there's something to report. Yeah. Yeah. I'm 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 gambling on the situation that it's it's we're gonna hear about it soon. Why well, you were you're really leaning into the double double entendres. What do you call that? Entendre. Entendre. Um and then what what was the other thing? Uh, kind of along the same lines as the, the, the Harbaugh stuff. Okay, you can't gamble on your team or you know, on or against your team. KF has went on record as saying that's not what happened here. It sounds like they gambled on maybe the women's NCAA basketball tournament and then something else like NBA, like NBA basketball. Okay, there's a little bit of gray area with that, you know, the women's basketball thing. But this guy, he's, I mean, Noah Shannon's almost, I think he's 23. I think he's almost 24. I don't know, dude, I don't know. Like, what is the matter? It's legal in the state. If you're of the right. legal yeah. age. Why can't a kid throw down 50 bucks on, you know, the Nets Lakers? I I don't get well, it. Well, yeah, I guess. Me. No, that is stupid. Especially, I mean, that reference, Net, Nets Lakers, totally agree. But I, I guess as a program, if you see somebody betting on another team in your program, you're like, that's just a little too close for me. A little too close for a and, and it's yep. it's not like you did anything totally wrong, but we've got to make an example. we got to show that you, you got to stay away from the Stay away from that. Yep. Yeah. And and I the, the way I've had it explained, like I remember them talking about it to us when, you know, back in the day when I was on the Iowa football team and they basically said, you can't do it. Then they would even teach you, Kurt, how the uh, the gamblers, they, they kind of sile up to you, saddle up to you. What's what's the what's the the, the Seinfeld? Right. Yeah, so, yeah. They sidle up to you and they get a little information from mm-hmm. you about the team and they would tell you this is how they work. And it was like a. A, a little you know mockumentary video thing that they would show the team on this is how it goes by the time you've been there three or four years you could basically say the video to it because they show the same video every single year so i knew it was illegal if you're involved with the ncaa or a university in any capacity that doesn't even have to be a student athlete i don't know if you knew this you can't gamble on any ncaa events at all oh so okay if you're affiliated with the university, you 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 can't even I, talk okay. gambling. That's that is interesting. And what KF said this week was, we've got to start breaking down these walls to this because this is ridiculous. Meaning, this used to be something that was so taboo, right? Like even even mentioning gambling in the same situation with any college sports, let alone college football, it was a big no no. You see the lines when they when on college game day or big noon, they put the lines of the game right on the screen. So we have obviously evolved to the point where people are talking about sports gambling all the time. The rules with the NCAA and obviously the you know, the things that go against it. I would say the same thing for Iowa State. I think it's ridiculous. It's there's got to be some flexibility and changes as we move through a little bit. My favorite part of the Pete Rose gambling story is his excuse. But I only bet for my team. It's like, Got it. but, but I, it's showing such ignorance. Like, I know. 
But there's so many other repercussions about you even betting on your team, Pete. That's the problem. I got to be honest with you. When I was younger, I really saw his point of view on that. I I did too. I I was like, man, he just really wants to win the game. He's really (laughs) confident. What's the matter with that? So anyways, that is the last of our big bullet points as far as this week. Um, Outside of that, we will now, Kurt and I, Big Kurt and I, will be breaking into my other favorite, I, I got a lot of favorite podcasts for the year, but I love doing the team previews. So we will do the same format that we did last year. We will do three four-team podcasts, so four, four, and four. That'll get us to 12. Then the last podcast will be our representatives in Indy last year, which is Michigan and Purdue. And then after that will be our big predictions podcast where we will give our, our prediction before the year. Uh, we will get that to you by Monday, August 28th. So this is our last podcast of July. We're going to jam-pack some exciting shit into the month of August. And just like that, folks, we are going to be into the Big Ten football season. It's going to be awesome. And the first four teams up in the next podcast will be Ohio State, Illinois, Kurtz at the Illini, the Maryland Turpins, and the Northwestern Wildcats. So four fun teams to start off with right there. Got yeah, me. and the theme of that podcast will be a <laughs> turtle with a stovepipe hat on. Yes. So if we got Don't... any artists out, of, out there that are listeners that can whip up a little caricature of <laughs> a turtle with a hat on. And to explain that, it's, that's the Illabuck. Well, the Illabuck trophy between Illabuck. Ohio State and Illinois. Right. And the LOL hat between Illinois and Northwestern and the Terps. And the Maryland so Terps. it's called the, the Illabuck is a turtle. Okay. I, yeah. And then the, the LOL hat is a stovepipe hat. So and then you got the Terps or a turtle. Let's let's get someone to draw us a turtle with a stovepipe hat. Two teams from the east, two teams from the west. This might be our four-team pod that we have to do every year for these team previews. It's it's just too perfect. All right, big man, yeah. you got anything else you want to add? Nope. I am Jeffrey the Greek. I'm Big Kurt. This has been the Eyes on Big Podcast. We will talk to you soon. <laughs>